How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and the season is just around the corner. So since we've done all of our division previews, our awards picks, our league pass rankings, now we're just going to sum up the top things we're excited to watch this season. In case you've been living in a bubble the last couple months and haven't really been paying attention to what's been going on, there's a lot of good stuff to watch during the regular season this year. So we'll go through all of that today. Before we get into that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how Jan Mahimi rescreens this year. It's, it's at the top of my list. I think you're on the wrong podcast, friend. There's another one. <laughs> another one you might be a better fit on. Uh, we may go into some nerdy stuff, fair warning, but we will try to keep... I'm going to go very basic and obvious because my brain is broken because I've been driving for two weeks. But before we get into that, uh, we have some financial news to hit first two extensions came out since we last recorded mort the first well, of three. which three quinn well, snyder too oh okay yeah two player extensions i should say um the first of which i'd say was very unexpected and that would be bradley beal yep. he took a two-year 72 million dollar deal to stay with the wizards the second year is a player option um, and because of how the way the extension is structured, because his salary is so much bigger in the start, uh, the, the first year of that two-year extension, uh, he is not eligible to be traded this year at all. So he ruined the trade deadline already because he was shaping mm-hmm. up to be probably the most fun trade target to speculate about. That's not going to happen until at least July 2020, for better or worse. So more, what was your reaction to the Bradley Beal extension. I mean, good for him first and foremost because, you know, hashtag financial security. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very saddened that, that he can't get traded this year because he, I obviously wanted him in Denver. I, I think that would have made a lot of sense. I even wrote about that on, on Forbes uh, a couple of months back. I, I think that was the deal to make. You know, the the Nuggets are, are just so deep. They have so many guys. I mean, they're they're just basically angling for a consolidation trade, and and Beal would just, would have fit that team so well. Could you just imagining imagine Jokic and Beal like together, uh, Jokic and dribble handoff situations with Beal? That would be ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So so I'm very very sad to see that not happen at least this year. Uh, but but good for Beal. I mean, we know why he did it. He wanted to get the ten-year max, um, mm-hmm. so he, you know, when he becomes a ten-year veteran, he's eligible to get thirty-five percent of the cap. 
mm-hmm. and you know he's gonna get it. He's a max player. Uh, I saw some Twitter outrage about his contract, saying, "Oh, he's not a max player." Where I'm like, <laughs> um, no. "Well, do you, you you think he's gonna get the full 35?" I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it, 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 look, if last year's production is going to be the norm for him moving forward, and maybe even increased production, like could, you could see a year like this one coming up where he ends up averaging like 28, 6, and 6. Mm-hmm. And look, let's be honest. A lot of guys who are not even scoring 20 points a game are getting max deals nowadays. A yeah. guy who would be in the upper end of that number while also adding you know, the all-around game and being such a dynamic three-point shooter, yeah, those those guys are absolutely going to get paid. I Would I personally, if I had a team, want to give Beal a 35% max after he's a 10-year veteran? No. I, mm-hmm. I've written about this extensively at Forbes as well. I think that whole thing is just dumb. I wouldn't pay 35% for a, for a star. I really right. wouldn't. I think it should be flipped. Yep. Uh, so a player in his prime years gets the 35%, and then... After year 10, it actually declines to 30%. I think that just makes much more sense. Um, so, no, I, I wouldn't do it, but this is the NBA. It takes one yeah. team. <laughs> that is fair. That's kind of what I was hinting at is, uh, yeah, I mean, someone, you're right. Someone might, the next, for, for all we know, or like Miami, once they strike out on everyone else, might pony up. Um, but he's he does not fit the mold of, I, I'm with you, I think, there should be a handful of guys who are 35 percenters and we're talking yeah. like top five to eight players in the league like Giannis, no problem take the 35 percent go to town but take you know, 45 take 50 yeah right exactly but you know even with a guy like russell westbrook who was a clear 35 percent max guy a couple of years ago that deal is already aging somewhat yeah. poorly same goes with John Wall. So, I, right. you know, I, I hesitate to say he's like a no-brainer 35% max guy. But that said, yes, I mean, that he set himself up. So now he can opt out after that first year of the new extension. He will have 10 years under his belt. So he can see if he can get that 35% max somewhere. Or there could be a middle ground between maybe he doesn't get the full 35. Maybe he gets 32, 33, whatever. Still yeah. making more than 30 that he would be eligible for right now. I mean, he's basically, he could have waited until next year. He could have turned down the extension, seen if he made an all-NBA team. Then he would have been eligible for a super max, so he still could have gotten the 35%. Even if he has the season you suggested, you know, a 28-6-6, six, and six, I think the Wizards are just going to be so bad this year that his record's going to be held against him. So it he might have realized, like, oh, my all-NBA odds, regardless of what I do, are not great. I might as well lock this in now, and this is kind of a healthy compromise because, you know, he doesn't have to look far. He looks at John Wall, or he looks at Isaiah Thomas. You don't have to look far if you're Bradley Beal to see examples of, like, oh, man, you know, John Wall, he he came out this summer and said, like, look, I was in his shoes once. You know, they offered me the Supermax, but, like, if, if they didn't, I could have bet on myself. Or they offered me, you know, the four-year max, and I could have been on myself and seen if I could have gotten more money. But look what happened. Like, and Isaiah Thomas too. You know, had he become a free agent a year earlier, he's probably playing on a hundred million dollar contract right now. But because he got the hip injury and then the trade and then you know his whole lost year in Cleveland, he played on two min deals for the past two years and like Demarcus Cousins as well. And 
know, in Golden State and now with the Lakers, all it takes is one injury to go from, you know, all-star caliber, possible all-NBA guy to, yeah, you're lucky if you get the taxpayer mid-level. So, yeah. you know, knock on wood, Bradley Beal will stay healthy. He's going to stay productive. He will be great. And he gets that 35% max someday. But he also just gave himself $72 million of protection in case something does happen in the next mm. couple of years. So, and that's the contract I'm referring to as being fully worth it. I mean, he's right. obviously worth the current deal that he's on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. without question. Especially yeah, that's, that's the one I saw like backlash on on Twitter, oh. which I thought was surprising that's very dumb yeah yes no he what are the like the wizards are terrible they're not going to get someone of bradley beals caliber in free agency in the next five years this is right they had to do everything in their power to retain him because frankly this might increase his trade value like we could you know he'll play out this year and then come july 2020 now he has two extra years on his deal and if they decide like we're going to pivot and rebuild. They're going to get a haul for him when they trade him. Whereas had he not signed the extension, he would have had one year left on his deal. And maybe they don't, you know, they'd still get a haul for him, but not necessarily as much as they possibly could now with two, if not well, three years left. I mean, it's it's an, it's an option year, though. So it's pretty much the same situation. Yeah, but he's, he's got two years left even after this year, right? Because he's signed through 2021-2022 now. Oh, yeah, because of the extent the one. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's essentially a one-year extension on top yeah. of his existing contract in that sense. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he's he would have had one year left. Now he has at least two years left after this season, and he could have as many as three. So I think right. it does. So in 2020, 2020 he's going to be trade eligible again. Yeah. And that's when he enters with a 27 Point, uh, 28.7 million dollar cap hit then it's absolutely guaranteed for 21 22 with a 34.5 cap hit that's when the new extension kicks in and then mm-hmm. he's got a player option in 2022 yep yeah i mean certainly feasible i wonder if teams are already kind of talking to washington just making like a pre-arranged trade <laughs> right. plan right it would not surprise me no but i mean it's 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 weird though. Like we are just slandering this team, the, the Wizards, even though they have the next Giannis. I don't know why we keep doing that. <laughs> we will not let that go. Don't worry, people. The other extension worth discussing, Pascal Siakam reaches a four-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar max extension with the Raptors. So he doesn't get the five-year, one seventy or whatever it is max, but still four years, one thirty. Mort, I'm assuming you are a fan of this? Yes, and then let me tell you why. Because you and I just spent a couple minutes talking about the Supermax mm-hmm. and, and all of it. Look, the Raptors can just forego everything about this because they're going to get four years out of him. He's 25, so the, the, the extension is going to kick in after this season. Mm-hmm. So when his deal is up, he's going to be 30. That's when you don't want to get caught, Brian, like yeah. on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. So they are the, the Raptors have just locked up Pascal Siakam for the absolute best years of his physical prime, at least. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they can make a call. Yeah. Yeah. I love I it. Mean, yeah. I don't mind it either. I know, you know, I wasn't in love with the idea. I, w- I didn't want to give him a full five-year max. Four is a little better, I guess, just because, you know, as you said, he's 
old for a guy coming on you're coming off of his rookie scale deal right so you're you're paying for his prime right now basically you're not paying for the upside that then will lead into his prime we don't know what he's going to look like as a number one option yet i mean he was playing next to Kawhi leonard he was you know clearly able to fill the role of second best player on a championship team which is worth something he was definitely going to get a max next summer in free agency even if he didn't you know if he had the exact same season this year that he had last year, he's still getting a max from somewhere, almost certainly. Yeah. So I get why the Raptors did it. You know, there were the cap hold considerations where, you know, if they didn't sign him, he would have had a $22 million cheaper cap hold than what he ended up signing for. But once they did the Kyle Lowry extension and considering the strength or lack thereof of next year's free agent class, you know, it, it, cap space is less important for the Raptors than right. it was a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it either. And I think it's, you know, it's smart for them to, especially as they enter this next phase of whatever. I, I don't want to call it a rebuild yet because they're still, you know, a playoff caliber team. Yeah. Um, but as they enter this retooling in the wake of Kawhi's departure, you don't want to piss off the best player on your team so no I, yeah I, I mean I he's, he's the guy you actually promote in 2021 when they go shopping right for sure for sure yeah so good good on the raptors good on pascal for getting that done we'll see what happens there's some uh <laughs> very interesting discussions that are going to take place between now and 6 p.m on monday which i believe is the deadline for these extensions buddy healed mm-hmm. his basically come out and said give me an extension or trade me or 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 i'm going to be looking for a new home next summer at least um sabonis it sounds like also may be on the move if they can't come to a deal in the next few hours which is pretty interesting i would you know i kind of like the idea of a jalen brown sabonis swap for both sides but, oh, that would be intriguing so what you're saying is that while we record this just as soon as we say adios a deal is going to hit and we're going to be, hey, emergency pot. <laughs> Probably. Before this one even goes live. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. How do we control money? Highlighters. Every Sunday, we go over all our statements and we highlight the hotspots. And that's how we came up with intelligent text alerts that help watch over your money. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply. Uh, okay, so more, let's let's get into, you know, the season is starting Tuesday. There's a lot to be excited about. We've been alluding to this all summer. The Warriors are no longer the unstoppable dynasty that is clearly going to win the championship every year. The title race is wide open. You you know right. listen back to our awards pod. Basically, every awards race is wide open, so there's a lot to look forward to compared to recent years where it's basically been okay. Let's just see what happens in the playoffs. A lot in the regular season to watch this year. So more, we're just gonna go back and forth and get hyped for the season. Talk about what we are most excited to see. So kick it off, my friend. Well, we just talked about the Raptors. So I'm excited to see what these young Raptors can do. I mean, mm-hmm. no one really talked about them because they came off a championship win. They had a lot of vets and in-prime players. 
having said that, it's not a great start for Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who got <laughs> verbally uh, assaulted yeah. by Nick Nurse in the media. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I I mean, look, Fred Van Vliet. I get that he's twenty five. He's a, he's an in prime player. I get it. But he's still like there's potential left there. I think this is a bounce back year for Norman Powell. There is OG Ananobi is is entering his um his third year. I mean, there there are guys there you'd like. I mean, look, I. I just like the idea of seeing a young team get a chance to get increased minutes and see what they can do with them. I understand mm-hmm. that they keep Kyle Lowry. I understand that they they right now re-signed Siakam, and they're probably, I, I would imagine, going to offer both Gasol and Ibaka one-year tender as well. That wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. But even so, when you lose Kawhi, that means minutes open up, and a lot of exciting things can happen from that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The Raptors are going to... I mean, they they very well could be right in that mix for the three seed in the East this year. And it'll be fun to see how they shake out in comparison to, you know, the Bostons, Brooklyns, Miamis of the world. Indiana, right. you can throw in there too. I would have put Zion at the top of my list right now. But unfortunately, he suffered a knee injury. Thankfully, it sounds like it's not catastrophic. Uh, he is expected to miss time during at the start of the regular season, but it, knock on wood, it sounds like it's only going to be a couple weeks, not a couple months. But whenever he does return, I mean, he's one of the things I'm most excited to watch this season. And really, this whole Pelicans team, I think they're, you know, they were toward the top of all of our league pass rankings. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be really damn fun to watch with Drew Holiday leading the way, uh, Redick as a sharpshooter, Derek Favors being able to play center now that he hasn't really had the opportunity to do as much as you know would be ideal uh, in the past couple of years in Utah. Seeing if the young Lakers prospects, Ingram, Lonzo in particular, if they can live up to the hype that they entered the league with because both of them got off to somewhat inauspicious starts in L.A. Seeing with Josh, Alexander Walker. Yeah, Jackson Hayes. And there is a lot of talent in new orleans right now i don't know that they're gonna make the playoffs just because the west is so absurd (laughs) if they were in the east i would feel pretty confident in picking them to make the playoffs but alas they are not uh but hopefully zion comes back soon hopefully he doesn't rush his way back though like i don't you know i get he's gonna want to make his debut and help this team try to compete for the playoffs but he's got a long career ahead of him like Make sure you're a hundred percent big man, because we're we're already scared. Anytime you say Zion Williamson and knees, I'm already getting a little nervous just because of you know his unique combination of strength and size. Like that's a lot of pressure on those knees. So oh yeah, he, no he's, he's a rhino, like physically yeah. a rhino. He's right. got that huge body and those small ass legs. Right. Yeah. It's that's just a lot of pressure on those joints. Yes. Um, so you, you have to be worried at, on some level. I even I actually wrote about this well over a year ago when he was at Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the very early stages of Duke's season, I was like, oh, I love this kid and I love the way he plays. But good Lord, that's that's 285 in yeah. what appears to be like a 6'7 body. And now we figure we found out it's 6'6. So <laughs> it's, he's even smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he proves us all wrong. I had this discussion with someone recently, whereas in terms of how much weight he should lose, uh, like the, the argument was, well, his advantage lies in his weight. 
where mm. I, I don't fully agree with that. I still think he would be devastating if he came down to 240 instead of being like 280. Yeah. I mean, or even 250, that would be fine. He would still be a freight train going to the rim. I mean, he would be even more athletic. So, uh, I'm. I mean, I don't think you know his weight is is his major asset. I think it's his understanding of the game, the way he handles the ball, the way he can attack the rim and just contort his body at at, at that size. I mean, mm-hmm. I I hope he just kind of yeah rounds out his body a little bit. I mean, he's still young. He's 19, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. He's a pup. He's a yeah. pup. So. You know, he, he'll grow into his body, I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, yeah, Zion and the Pelicans toward the yeah. top of my list. What's next for you? I mean, I'm, I'm excited about two teams. I'm just going to pack them together because I yeah. think they're they're ultimately going the same way. The, the Bulls and the Hawks, like both yep. a rebuilding team. I had them pretty high on my league pass, pass rankings. Um, I love young teams, and that, that's, you know, you know that about me. I love watching guys who develop and, and like, take steps and, Trey Young is one of those guys who just continuously uh, improves. I mean, look, we all had somewhat reservations about him coming into the league. Like, we, we wanted to tell people to slow down a little bit. He was so young. Uh, it, it, you know, running an NBA offense is not easy. And he mm-hmm. was coming from a team at Oklahoma where he was, like, allowed to do whatever he wanted. And lo and behold, he came in and surprised the living hell out of us by, by being – you know, a, an all-star caliber type of point guard in his rookie season. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the defense wasn't there and the efficiency wasn't entirely there. But this is an all-star in making, and I, I can't wait to see what he does in year two. And then you have, you know, John Collins uh, developing right alongside him, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, uh, Bruno Fernando. Like, this team is just loaded with youngsters. And that, the, the same applies with the Bulls, with Wendell Carter, Laurie Market, and Zach Levine to some extent, who might even be a top three, top five scorer in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just there's so much to like in terms of the young talent on those teams. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued by both of them. For sure. Yeah, you could argue both teams have top five young cores in the league. I feel like Denver still is number one, but yeah. you know Chicago and Atlanta are right up there. You know, like Dallas, who we'll get to in a second, has a top, possibly the top young duo. But overall, right. like you know, the collection of talent, both in Chicago and Atlanta, young talent. Because I would even throw Otto Porter. He's you know he's not. No, he's not he's old. Like Twenty. Yeah, he's like 25, 26. I think 26 going on 27, so he's probably not necessarily a youngster. But, I mean, I agree that it's it's not an old team. And I think, you know, I, I kind of cringe when you said top five young core for Chicago. But you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to buy stock in that because Kobe White, man, mm-hmm. I mean, he came in and averaged almost 20 points a game during the preseason. Yeah. I mean, I get that he got free reign and just jacked up shots. But he, at the end of the day, he shot over 40 from three as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he, He's they they've just allowed him to do whatever he wants. Like they're not even going to pigeonhole him into a position. Like he, I get that this is dumb. This Jim Boiling saying he's he's just a baller <laughs> instead of a guard, which yeah okay Jim fair. But he's he just plays. I mean uh-huh. when he comes out there, you know he'll handle the ball, he'll play off the ball, he'll just score. And I think he's got more potential than I thought originally. Oh interesting. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, I'm actually buying stock into that because if he's going to be as good as I think he can be, then the Bulls have hit a home run 
at the seventh overall slot for three years in a row. Right, right, exactly. I mean, you know, when you think of their young core, it's like Markin and Carter, Levine come to front of mind. But yes, yeah. there there is a very strong possibility that Kobe White is also very good. And if so, then yeah, they, as you said, they've really nailed the mid lottery better than most teams have in recent years. I mean, look, the guy is 6'5", Kobe White, that is. Mm-hmm. And and he was a guy who you, teams kind of went away from him because they didn't really have, like, a set position of him. Right. And I think maybe that's kind of the next step in, in the draft process. You know how many teams talk about, oh, we need a point guard. Oh, we need mm-hmm. this and this and that. Maybe what you just need is a player. Like, you know, that logic was, was present with Sion. Like, what I think Ricky O'Donnell said it best. Like he's both the best point guard in the nation, the right. best setter in the nation. Right, right. Um, so with him, he just had this unique combination of talent that he was just the clear cut number one. But when then when you look at a guy like Cam Reddish, I also fell down the draft board because what is he? Is he a small ball four? Mm-hmm. Is he, is he a two? Like what is he? And the fact is, he can play the two, the three, and the four, which is incredible versatility and Kobe White himself like what is he he's 6'5 he played point in UNC but he can also play the off guard he, at 6'5 he can, he can even play the three in the NBA so I think it comes down to just positional versatility now and oh man it's I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys do in the NBA so teams will get inspired from you know drafts in the future right yeah the question of what is he may not matter because we're moving to a point where there aren't really concrete positions. You know, Brad Stevens is fond of the whole, like, ball handler, wing, and big distinctions instead of, like, five positions. And I think, you know, even that may be a little too reductive because you can have, (laughs) you know, like, what is Nikola Jokic is a big just in terms of his size, but he's, you know, effectively their point guard too, or like, what is Ben Simmons? It, you know, I have no idea. He's a six ten yeah. point guard forward thing. You know, I. So as players really round out their skill sets, it just becomes increasingly more difficult to say, oh yeah, this guy. You know, some guys fit a mold. Like Tyler Hero is a clear shooting guard. Okay, right. that's great. But you shouldn't necessarily shy away from a guy just because you know he doesn't fit a clear cut mold of something that right I'll, I'll throw in Nikhil alexander walker into this yeah i mean there was a lot of like is he a combo guard is he stuck between the one and the two no he's both <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good way of putting it i mentioned the mavericks and really yeah. it's just dirk important and uh sorry dirk wow Por- dirk 2.0 <laughs> nice safe there bro <laughs> thanks i'm telling you my brain is fried uh porzingis white and, tall guy from yeah, europe right Dirk. exactly i can't tell the difference he's tall white guy and fat white guy both europe <laughs> <laughs> luca and Kristaps. there we go uh look you could not draw up a more perfect compliment to luka Doncic than Kristaps porzingis and the concern was okay we haven't seen Kristaps play in you know over 18 months by the time the preseason kicked off. It was like, all right, this guy's 7-3. He had some injury issues, but even before the ACL, what's he going to look like? The early returns are pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. He's looked excellent on both ends of the court, and it's like a quick reminder of why we fell in love with this guy in the first place and how he became an all-star so quickly in the first place. And I really think both of these guys, you know, I said 
uh, I think, on the, our division pod about the Mavericks, that both of these guys, these will be the best teammates they've ever played with, and vice versa. So, like, Luca is Kristaps' best teammate, and I know that Kristaps played with Carmelo Anthony. I'm standing by what I'm what I'm saying. And Luca, As you should. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It wasn't prime mellow. <laughs> no, no, it was not. So, you know, same deal with Luca. Like, Kristaps is an incredibly talented... You just don't find 7-3 guys who can hit threes and block shots and chase all around the floor like Kristaps can. Right. So I just think that, you know, having a point guard forward whatever like Luca is going to open Kristaps up for more shots. And having a 7-3 guy who can command that kind of attention whenever he is on the floor, that's going to open up the floor for Luca too. If you know, if you yeah. stick Kristaps on one side, you can't ignore him, and that means Luca on the other side of the floor should have a little bit more free reign. So, seeing how those two, like I don't really, you know, I'm seeing the Mavericks getting some. Oh, they could be a playoff team. I don't. I'm a little lower on that than it seems like the consensus, but I also don't care. Like, I, I don't care about wins and losses for the Mavericks this year. Yeah. I just want to see how Luka and Kristaps fit because ultimately, even if they do make the playoffs, that's the only thing that matters, like, in the long run, is, like, how do these guys fit and w- what types of skill sets, you know, it's, I would think it's somewhat obvious what you're trying to add to complement those guys, but... Do they have any of those guys on the roster? I say, I think Seth Curry could be one of them. Mm-hmm. Which other players really fit into this long-term vision? And, like, let's build from here. We've got this super high upside young core that hopefully will be together for the next 10 years. Let's not try to stick a round peg in a square hole and, you know, <laughs> do what the Lakers did with LeBron last year. Let's figure out how these guys mesh. Let's figure out guys to complement them, and let's start building around them like the Nuggets have with Jokic so we can really maximize both of their skill sets. And while on the subject of Dallas, I mean, you can throw in Isaiah Roby. Um, mm. I mean, the rookie, I, I know that he's <laughs> he was the 45th overall pick, so he's second-round guy. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who could come in ultimately and and allow Porzingis to move up to the center position full time. He's one of those active power forwards who doesn't really care about stats. He'll he'll give you steals and blocks and assists and and scoring from inside outside. He's a guy who can do a bit of everything. And I really am intrigued to see what he can do under Rick Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. How do we control money? Highlighters. Every Sunday, we go over all our statements, and we highlight the hotspots. And that's how we came up with intelligent text alerts that help watch over your money. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply. Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new TrackFoam Wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane while sitting back in the cabin? I wouldn't have any control. Well, that's what it's like going with some wireless companies. But TrackFoam Wireless gives you control. Hmm. Get unlimited talk and text on America's best 4G LTE network starting at $20 a month, no contract. Plus, unlimited carryover data with active service. That's cool, but how'd you get in my cockpit? This is your wake-up call, people. The new TrackFoam Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com. What's next on your list, Mort? The Minnesota Timberwolves, and not Ooh. as a like a totality, but there are several elements alike. Okay. Um, so I'm doing like division previews over at Forbes these days, mm-hmm. and what I really when I when I 
started to write about them, I was looking at the roster, and I just realized there's so much defensive potential on the yes. wing for them because they they have Robert Covington, Jared Culver, and Joss Koji. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we know that Carl Anthony Towns is not necessarily a great defender, but he right. has shown steps. Um, he's not as bad as he used to be. And I think with those guys there, being able to just press offenses and not really allow them to, to just gain a whole lot of penetration is also going to make life easier for Towns so he can more or less pick his spots. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I know that you laugh because I did not mention Andrew, Andrew <laughs> right. Wiggins. That's, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's just not that guy. Um, and and so, so I'm, I've been toying with the idea of something and it's never going to happen, but I just like the idea of it. And it's not to crab on Wiggins. I promise you that. It's just to basically put the best lineup out there. And it's Towns at the five, Covington at the four, uh, Culver at the three, Okoji at the two, and then I guess Jeff Teague at the one. Mm-hmm. I like that lineup. And then you can also more or less make the argument that Andrew Wiggins coming off the bench and having the green light to do whatever the hell he wants might actually be a good thing. Lloyd knows 41% shooting off the bench is what every team wants from their sixth man. I know, but maybe <laughs> just being matched up against bench players or third stringers or whatever, like maybe that gets yeah. his juices flowing just a no, little no. bit. Like, oh, I really? I, I have to I have to play against these guys? Okay, let me let me go out and average 20 off the bench. Right. Oh, I hope that's what would happen. <laughs> Otherwise, his career would come to a crashing halt, I fear. Um, oh, it, it hasn't already. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the Timberwolves are definitely intriguing for the reasons you mentioned, but I think also seeing whether this coaching staff can get more consistency out of Wiggins is what, you know, probably the biggest storyline for the Timberwolves. I guess you could say, like, whether Towns can continue his, you know, he was phenomenal after Jimmy Butler left last year. Like, it went under the radar because the Timberwolves went under the radar after Jimmy Butler uh, burned his way out of town. But Towns was excellent. He's looked great this preseason. I mean, he he's showing some moves that, like, big guys just shouldn't be able to do what he does. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I agree. Like, the potential of Towns is is so absurd, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's what, 23. Okay, he's going to be 24 next month. Uh-huh. But that's still so young for a big. Yeah. So, so young. I mean, this is a guy who's got ultimately I mean, look, I'm not even making these numbers up. He's got 30 and 15 potential. Yeah, oh for sure. He he's not that far away. I mean, he was at 24 and 4 and 12 last year. Yeah, and after Jimmy, it was if I remember, I I wrote a tweet about this a couple of months back. I think it was 28 plus points and 13 plus rebounds after Jimmy left. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the only thing that will keep his production in check is that I would hope the Timberwolves will limit his, you know, not play him 38 minutes a game. Tom Thibodeau is no longer in town. That should hopefully be a thing of the past. So that that could stop him from hitting the 30 and 15 mark. But yes, like I mean, he's he he deserves to be in the conversation of all of the other, you know, unique unicorns at the top of the league. He flies under the radar to some extent just because he's in Minnesota again. And, you know, the defense isn't quite there like it is for an Embiid or someone along those lines or Anthony Davis even. Right. But, yeah, he's phenomenal. 
the Timberwolves are another team where it's like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They could if everything breaks right. But seeing how that wing rotation shakes out is going to be really interesting because it, it is going to have a gigantic impact on Andrew Wiggins in particular and whether he can thrive in the new competition or, you know, I don't think you're totally, you know, off base in saying that like his role might be better off the bench or he might be better in a reduced role just because they have so many other capable wings now. Right. I mean, I know that Minnesota fans are going to chop at it. Like, look, it's the it, it was the first overall pick. He was supposed to be the next LeBron, all of that. But, I mean, at, at some point, you just have to look at the reality of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. And just accept that certain things are just not going to be true. I, I mean, look, I, I still, I would love in a year from now to have this podcast with you and you just ripping my ass <laughs> for saying that Wiggins was bad because he's now an all-star. I would love right. that. Right. That's fine. I would I would love that because that that means that he's better, the league is better, all of that we've gone through. But look, I mean, this dude is just so mentally checked out. He had the preseason game where he shot four of eighteen. And I was I was I wasn't watching the game. I was scouring Twitter at that point, I remember, because a lot of Wolves fans were just like and and I think like I think that was the game where ultimately the the last hangers on kind of just said, Okay, fine. We accept it. We accept that it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and and everything I wrote about or everything I, I I read about that game was just that he looked disinterested, mm-hmm. had no passion, just mentally checked out. Maybe it's a trade. Maybe it's a bench roll. I have no idea what motivates him. None. So, <laughs> right. Hey, put in Jared Culver, who's been shooting a hell of a lot better from three than what we thought he would coming in. By the way. Yeah, and and I can't even rip you for making fun of Wiggins based on what we've seen so far. I mean, maybe he turns it around, but, you know, five years into his career, it is what it is, and he deserves, especially given the contract, he deserves that kind of scrutiny. It's a big season for him, and seeing how he handles it is going to be quietly fascinating. I wonder, like, I know we talk a lot about Wiggins on this pod, and that's, I, I but he, he's such a fascinating subject, won't you agree? I mean, in terms yeah. of just looking at the pedigree and 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 the supposedly you know f- you know fluid game and and all of that like nba ready established you know he came in with this big uh, you know the, the big hype of being nba ready polished and all these things and then came the first year it's like oh okay he needs a little bit more work then came year two okay a slight uptick in stats but didn't really improve year three more volume didn't again didn't really improve and now he's entering year six year six and it's the same story it's mm-hmm. my god i mean it's it's you're right when you say that this might even be the biggest story for the minnesota timberwolves this year i hadn't even considered that because in my mind he's just eh, like he's not a part of the long-term picture there i mean right. that's that's where i'm at i mean i i know that stati- or not statistically but contractually he is but mm-hmm. like no right yeah yeah. So in, in lieu of that, and I, I don't think it'll happen, but I had a question on Twitter regarding Wiggins, was would you trade Wiggins for Nicholas Batum? Now, if I'm mm. the Timberwolves, I do that in a heartbeat. But if I'm the if I'm the Hornets, why would I take on that much more money? Oh, they just need talent. 
Yeah, but but would you give up that? Like, would you sacrifice future contracts in that sense to just get Wiggins? Yeah, because who are they going to get? No, I does you don't need to when you have cap space, you don't need to use it on free agents. I know, like you but... can you can make trades and take on bad contracts for picks, and then that way, then they have to go the long route anyway. But like, what about how Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan operate a team? Suggest they're going to do that. Now this is true. If you're looking <laughs> at it from the way they operate, yes, that right. would probably be one of those times where they you know call each other and go, "We got Wiggins," and like, mm, okay, right. but. In terms of practicality, I, I just wouldn't do it if I'm if I'm Charlotte. Oh no, I would do that very quickly if I'm Charlotte. Very, just because of the quickly. talent upgrade, though. Yeah. They they are so bad. Absolutely. They are, but I just that deal is is such a killer. I mean, they this is the team that just signed Terry Rogier for three years and fifty seven million dollars. They're they're you not going to do better. You basically just want a team in the NBA that is just chaos, right? I just, I think to a certain extent, it's like the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Because if they don't spend that money on Wiggins, or if they don't lock up that cap space on Wiggins, they're probably going to make even worse use of it. That's true. They're, they're going to give Cody Seller like a major extension or something. Right. Or like MKG yeah. will get a four-year $80 million deal or something like that. <laughs> you know, thank God that the Kings signed Harrison Barnes to four years, 85, so so they couldn't do it. Who, By the way, I love this. The Kings are apparently already <laughs> regretting yeah, doing I that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> it's good. Well, they're, they're probably regretting it because now Buddy Heald's like, you just gave this guy $85 million. You're, Give me more than that. Like, you're offering me four years, 90? Get out of here. Yeah. And by the way, I'm all in on Buddy Heald for I mean, maybe not 110. I can I can go along 110 if that's what made. But we, we were at, when we had the discussion of rookie extension, we we're like, you know, 100 million over four. That's fair. Right. right. I know. We were very remarkably spot on with some of those numbers we were throwing out there. I feel yeah. for once, I'm proud of us. Yeah, me too. And I, I think just instead of going like low, what, what what's um, Sacramento's offer to Buddy at this it was point? Four years, ninety. Come on, man, just up that ten yeah. million. You're right, there. exactly. Yeah. If, if you're at if one side's at four years, ninety, the other side's at four years, one ten. Just meet in the middle. Four years, hundred. Everyone's happy. Go home. Right. Instead, because next year some team is just going to offer him a max offer sheet. Probably. Like it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Very probable. Yeah. All right, Kanks, I suppose. <laughs> I'm going to go very basic with this next one. Stephen Curry unleashed. We talked about him the, nice. in the awards pod, so we don't need to go too in-depth here. But no Clay Thompson for most of the season. No Kevin Durant for all the season. It's basically the Stephen Curry show. He's going to average probably 35-plus points this year. It's just going to be – it's fun. It's like I know yep. – we're all sick of the Warriors, but they're not the Warriors they have been in years past. They're not as good. They're vulnerable. They're flawed. They really are one of the most top-heavy teams in the league. So, it's, you know, even if Steph does go supernova, they're probably not going to be, like, the preening, annoying team that they were, the front runners that they were in the past couple of years where, you know, they just know they're so much better than everyone else. Now it's just going to be like, oh, crap, we need Steph to score 40 because that's the only way we can win this game. And he's going to oblige more often than not. So I'm I'm just excited to see a reversion to the Steph Curry who we all fell in love with back in the mid-2010s. 
the guy who you know I still remember from his stupid 20 2008 NCAA tournament run when he <laughs> murdered my beloved George Hoyas right in front of me and caused me to hate Easter for the rest of my life. I'm excited to see the return of that Steph Curry. I actually have a stat line for him. I think it's I think it's pretty uh, locked in for my. He's going to average thirty three points, and okay. somewhere along the lines of six plus assists and five plus rebounds because he's a better rebounder than people think. How many threes? That's the thing. I I kind of think he breaks his record. Yeah, I, agree. I really do. I think he's he's going to hit like. Okay. Screw it. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say it, and it's gonna sound so ridiculous. But he's like, it's not even unrealistic with it's Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna make 450 triples this year. What was his previous record? 402. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, I buy it. Let's no, do but it. yeah, I I know that you do, but like just just listen to what I just said. No, like, I know, just, I know. I, I don't even comprehend it myself. Like I'm, I'm predicting with a straight face that <laughs> Steph Curry makes 453 pointers in an 82 game se- season. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, the, and again, like, the magic number here is 50 in terms of games. Like if you win, right. if they, if they win 50 games and he averages those numbers, MVP once again. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also the num- the magic number is how many games does he play? Because he he can get to 450 if he stays healthy and plays 75 plus. If he misses any considerable chunk of the season the dream yeah. of 450 dies with it but but, but i i'm living with the with the optimistic view of him yes. playing all 82 I, I i want him to just come in and be like you know what i want to play all 82 i played 51 games two years ago 69 last year no way jose i i want to play all 82 and i want to you know average the highest i've ever done I, yeah. I want him to come in on the mission that you think you thought that LeBron was on over the past three years. Like every season, <laughs> every offseason, you're like, this is going to be LeBron's bounce back year. It doesn't really happen. So I, I think Steph is going to take that mantle. I think LeBron's going to be on it this year too. Uh, of course you are. <laughs> you're going to be so disappointed. I don't know why you do this to yourself. He's, a, he's not a regular season player anymore. I, I mean, he still averaged, what, like 27, 8, and 8 last year? Yeah, but that's pedestrian. Like, he doesn't care. That's not, and, and no defense. Like, it's the playoffs, LeBron, you're interested in. Yeah. He's not going to put up the numbers in the, in the regular season. And by the way, he's got Anthony Davis there now. Like, I know. LeBron, if anything, is going to, like, just chill. Like, oh, okay, I'm instead of averaging 27, 8, and 8, I'm just going to go down to, like, 22 and then average 11 assists or whatever. Well... Add the Anthony Davis LeBron combo to the list of things that I'm excited to see, and yeah, and more importantly, can they figure out the right guys to start next to them? I wrote about this recently at the Basketball Writers. You can check it out at bballwriters.com. Use the code the NBA Pad for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription. But can Frank Vogel realize that Rajon Rondo should not be starting and Dwight Howard cannot be starting? And how quickly does it take him to realize that? Because if they start, if they land on the right lineup, which, you know, because Davis doesn't want to play center during the regular season or doesn't want to overtax himself, like the right lineup, the ultimately right lineup, the one we will see in the playoffs if they go that far, has Davis at the five. But assuming he's not going to play that during the regular season, you're going to have to start one of Howard or McGee next to him. It should be McGee. He's a much more low usage guy. Perfect. Block shots, rebounds. You know, boxes out. It's all you want. 
You don't you don't need Dwight Howard clamoring for post ups. So Dwight's to the bench. Danny Green's a lock in the starting lineup. So now it comes down to like Rondo versus Avery Bradley versus Alex Caruso. Put Avery Bradley in there. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's been pretty bad over the last couple of years, but he's just a better shooter overall than Rondo. Yeah. And on a team with LeBron and AD, shooting just is at a premium. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, seeing if they can figure that out will be hilarious. I'm very excited. Um, but, yeah, it, L.A. in general. I mean, just based on what happened last year, I really do think LeBron might come out a little bit more motivated this year than he has in you know in years in regular seasons past. You uh, know what? We could just find an episode from like three years ago where you're saying <laughs> the exact same thing and just copy paste it in. But you know, he's got reason to be motivated every year. But yes, he you're right. He's going to defer to uh, to Davis. He's you know he's come out and said he is, but. Do I think he's going to win the MVP? No. Do I think he comes out and averages somewhere around the 27, 8, and 8 that he has in past years? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and even if he does, those are not MVP numbers, which you you, you just said he's not going to win MVP. So Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, nothing would surprise me. All I know for certain is that LeBron is not going to play defense in the regular season. So, But Anthony Davis is going to yell at him if he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think yelling at LeBron James is ever going to be the answer. <laughs> so it's basically what you're suggesting here is you're also intrigued to watch the Lakers just because of the implosion chance. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Okay. Yeah. And now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Time to start the bird seed. Watch out for the seagulls. Oh my head! Are you okay? United Healthcare helps connect you to care whenever you need it. Like video chatting with a doctor right from your phone. So I don't need stitches? No, nope, just put some antibiotic cream on it. Great, thank you, doctor. United Healthcare. Health plan benefits may vary. What is life? Life is about compromise and realizing you can't always get what you want. Now you can always get what you want without compromise with the new Quattro Pizza from Little Caesars. With two slices each of cheese, pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, and sausage and bruschetta, it's four tasty pizzas in one, all for just seven bucks. Take that compromise. How's it feel to get literally everything you want in one large Quattro Pizza, hot and ready every day from four to eight at Little Caesars? Hmm? Pizza, 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 pizza. Participating locations for a limited time plus tax. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Speaking of implosion chances, yes. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, Russell Westbrook averaged more turnovers than <laughs> than field goals made here in the preseason. I saw you retweet that earlier. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> no, and he hurt his fingers the other night. Sounds like he should be good to go for opening night. But yes, not not the best of preseasons for Russell Westbrook. I'll, I'll no, give you I, that. I, I, so him being out potentially. Though I mean, it's not certain that he's going to bounce back yet or, or return yet. Like, is that an asset for Houston, or like, is it a loss? I'm still not sure. And the fact that I'm still waffling between those two, that's not great. Yeah. On the bright side, James Harden has been a monster in the preseason. Yeah. It seems like any concern about his numbers going down because he's playing next to Russell Westbrook were unfounded. Right. So that's exciting. We might, we might see James Harden average 
35 points again and still come in second in the MVP race. I mean, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Here's the thing with me and the Rockets, though. I mean, do they have enough depth to make the playoffs and, and make an extended run there? I do not think so, no. No. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, is this a team that could potentially miss the playoffs altogether? I mean, <laughs> I actually have money on this. I, I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think it's likely. I mean, if Harden gets hurt, yes. Otherwise you know right probably probably not but it it's not outside the realm of possibility i mean i will say the odds were <laughs> 11 and a half to one right right so right. i mean you know conventional wisdom dictates that the rockets will make the playoffs i'm just i just look at that roster and it's not just necessarily injury to harden like if mm-hmm. Clint capella breaks his leg or anything and here knock on wood that that doesn't happen yep um like that's that's has to be game over right yeah, I would think so. I th- I mean, I look at that roster and it's like Harden, Gordon to some expect to some extent Westbrook, Capella, uh, PJ Tucker I suppose and then mm-hmm. that's about it. Mhm. Yeah. I'm not super high on the Brian. <laughs> I'm not either. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, they're, I'm still excited to watch them play, though, just for oh, the promotion opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, no. I want an on-court fight between teammates. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. It, it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I'm going to stay in L.A. for my next one. I'm just excited to see the Clippers be good. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Lob City Clippers, of course, where, you know, annual playoff team 45 50 ish win teams but routinely overrated yeah Yeah. they just seem to hate each other the whole time (laughs) (laughs) which kind of took the fun out of watching them when like blake griffin is silently seething at chris paul and chris paul is openly seething at everyone um this team see you know i saw the video of them going on a fishing trip together they all seem to have a great time (laughs) wait 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 i have missed that oh really Oh no! Yes. It was great. Yeah, there was, they all like went on a fishing trip together. It was, it was very entertaining. Um, you need to link me that immediately after recording because that sounds fantastic. Yeah, if y'all haven't found it, I I forget where I just like came across it on Twitter one day because that's what the only thing Twitter is good for. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so go Google, I guess Clippers fishing and see if you could find. Well, maybe uh, inside the NBA ruined that actually, but. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> With the pictures, yeah. yeah. Good luck. Hopefully, you can find it. Kawhi Leonard, Clippers fishing. That might be able to turn it up. Uh, but nice. no, I, I think you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together. I know we're not going to see it at the very start of the season because Paul George has the shoulder that he's still recovering from. Mm. Those two guys together is just going to be like I don't think we have fully grasped how defensively dominant those two guys are going to be together. It's, Are you telling that to the guy who had them number one in his league pass oh, ranking, though? I know. It's just like, can you, oh, my God. Can you imagine having to score against them, like dribble up the court against them with Patrick Beverly there, too? As I, soon as I heard what happened in terms of Kawhi signing there and, and Paul George getting traded there, uh-huh. the first thing I thought of was the Doberman defense. Of, yeah. You know, Jordan and Pippen back in the 90s. Yeah. Just picking up full court or trapping at, like, the mid-court half or half-court line. Mm-hmm. Like th- that, this is going to be so insane. And like Montres Harrell as well, 
just in terms of being like a weak side defender coming in and swatting shots with high intensity. And we haven't even mentioned Patrick Beverly yet. Right. I know. Jesus. I know. It's going to be outrageous. Uh, yeah. So, I you know, I picked the Clipper. I picked Doc Rivers as my coach of the year. I picked their execs as the executive of the year. Pick pick an executive of your choice will be their, their executive yep. of the year. I, I just think they're going to be super fun to watch. And I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Once... You know, once they get into the swing of things, once Paul George comes back, it's going to take a minute. I don't think they're going to hit the ground running. But, I, I I, mean, I think you're right. Like, even with Paul George missing a couple weeks and with Kawhi presumably load managing to some extent, like, they might just be so damn good that it doesn't matter. And they might still yep. win 55-plus regardless. They're so deep. It's one of those teams that just has the perfect balance Mm-hmm. Of being top heavy and and having the depth as well, like they they have the like the clear cut su- two superstars, and then there's like a a very natural drop off until the next player, mm-hmm. and but but those the next group of guys there are just in a so it's such a large group, yeah, that you can put out there, yeah. I mean Landry Shamit needs to be included here, Mo, Mo Harkless, um, Iveka Subac, like there's so many guys there. To Michael Green, mm-hmm. I love it absolutely yeah. love what they, they their potential and i i still have them as the champs if everything goes right and they they're healthy yeah i i agree who's next on your list mort the young core of the portland trailblazers uh this one i'm not even gonna make you fun of you for for once right. i'm glad <laughs> because look sack collins i like him i actually had him as an mip candidate but i mm-hmm. forgot to mention him last time around mm-hmm. uh He's just one of those guys who can play the four or the five. He can stretch the floor. He's sneaky, athletic, can block shots, handle the basketball a little bit more. And then you throw in Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr. I hope that all the attention has been on Simons. I really hope that Gary Trent Jr. is going to get more minutes. I like the way that his shot looks. I like the way that he moves off the ball. Nasir Little, the rookie coming in from UNC, who was just used in the most ineffective way. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to surprise people. I'm I'm kind of waffling a little bit whether or not I should add Mario Hisonia to the young core. <laughs> I can't figure that out because after all, he's gonna be 25 in the middle of the middle of the year, so mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I just I like that group, and I don't know what's gonna happen with Scalabi's year. I'm not sure. Yeah, like if he's gonna be included in the roster, if he, they're gonna find something else. I, I don't know what their plan is with him, but if he's involved, I I'm optimistic because he he does have talent. Like this was one of the guys who was rated very very high coming into the draft a few years ago, and that was not without cause. It's just a matter of putting it together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Simons has been phenomenal in the preseason. They talked him up all off season. He was great in summer league too. Like. I gave you crap last year because you had Portland really high on your league pass rankings in large part because of him. And I yep. and I said he's not going to play. And other than the season finale when he had, what, I think 37 points? 37, yep. In a game that actually had massive playoff seating implications, uh, he didn't really play that much. But this year he's going to. He's going to have a big role off the bench. And, yes, Zach Collins to Gary Trent Jr. Hopefully we see some more out of. Portland, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of wondering, like, okay, what's 
how do you build upon the surprise Western Conference Finals run last year? Like, was that the peak for Portland? Dame, you know, I don't think it's going to get substantially better just because he's already right. so damn good. The same goes for CJ McCollum. It's really, can the young guys push them up, a, a, you know, maintain the consistency that they've had over the last couple of years? Can they help them do that? I think they're the ones who are going to raise the ceiling for Portland. Um Hopefully, as long as everything goes well. No, I, I agree. And I think, honestly, even though we talk a lot about Simons, I think the biggest guy, the biggest bet here moving forward, or, or the most crucial player moving forward potentially, is Nasir Little. Because mm-hmm. when you look at that team, they still need a, a wing. And when I say wing, they need like a legit small forward who can also play you know, the, the four. I know we just talked about non-positional things, but... They really need a guy who just to, they can pluck in between their ball handlers and bigs. Mm-hmm. And so far right now, their options are Kent Basemore and Rodney Hood and Mario Hosonia. Like, yes, yeah, somewhat intriguing, but not really a swing type of thing, not a game changer. Mm-hmm. If Nasir Little develops the right way and he becomes just a major asset for them moving forward, that changes everything. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. Who? Oh, well. I guess is it is it fair for me to be a homer finally? Now that we're an hour. Fine. <laughs> Did you just say finally? <laughs> Aren't you always? Yeah. Well, shortly, I'm excited. For, not for the Sixers in general. I'm mostly nervous for them because I think expectations are a little too high, and I think they're gonna get out a little bit to a slow start, and we're already gonna see fire Brett Brown stuff in like two weeks, and oh, I'm God. openly dreading that. Um, I'm excited for their defense, though. I think. Oh yeah. They are just going to be so damn nasty defensively. Like this preseason has confirmed everything. You know, they've been saying it for since media day, since training camp. Like defense is our identity, and it's great to hear. But words and actions are sometimes different. You can tell this team is building around its defense this year. They're going to destroy people with. You know, Ben Simmons and Josh Richardson on the wing. Brett Brown said they could be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Matisse Thybul has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I did not think he was going to have this big of a role in the rotation right out of the gate. But, I, like, he's ahead of Zaire Smith right now. And yeah. he should be. You know, he's... Oh, yeah. Which makes sense and to some extent. Because, like, Zaire was a project coming into the league. He missed his whole rookie... Or most of his rookie season. You know, Matisse is a four-year guy... In college, like he's older, he he should be more prepared. He is, so he's going to be great. Um, having well, I, just don't jinx it, Brian. There are two more days <laughs> know, until the regular season start. Just I know there That's... that means that there are two more days wherein he can like fall down a flight of stairs or something. <laughs> just shh, be quiet. Very fair, uh, but hopefully he will stay healthy. And uh, having backup centers, having Al Horford able to slide up to the five, having Kylo Quinn. It's just yeah. going to be such a difference from the corpse of Amir Johnson and Boban, so, who I love. With all due respect to Boban, you know, those guys are clear upgrades. So terrified overall for the Sixers season. Very excited to see them smother teams and hold them to 85 points. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've, I've been really interested in watching them play defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively is where I have my concerns. We already covered that yep. somewhat recently. I mean, again, the lacking ball handler slash shot creator. But, I mean, again, it might have to be just a 
the solution might have to be Joel Embiid. Just play through him in the post. Maybe you need to force feed him one occasion. And I get that's old school bully basketball. But when when it's Embiid, though, you kind of feel all right with it because he's he draws so many fouls. Yeah. That you know he gets the line where he converts at what like eighty percent. I feel like I I haven't I don't have his numbers right up in front of me, but it feels like he's a he's an eighty percent shooter. He, yeah. Um, he's... I don't think he's quite there, but he's right around. He's like he's much better than a, a normal big man. I oh, know he was eighty percent last year. I stand corrected. There we go, eighty point four, and he yeah. took ten free throws a game. Yeah. And and it's not just the shooting fouls. He draws. It's just he gets opponents into the into foul trouble like early on, and you get into the penalty and all that. So that means that he does something for the entire team when he draws fouls. Because mm-hmm. then if someone, you know, fouls you know, like Ben Simmons on the perimeter with a touch foul, well, that's two free throws. Yep. Um, it's I, I just love what he does offensively. So maybe that's the response going forward. Like instead of going through a, a guard-oriented, you know, pull-up game, just go to the big man. Yeah. It'll uh, be very 80s. <laughs> I know. It'll be fun. Very, very possible. Also, Kylo Quinn has impressed me as a passer this this preseason. I'm excited to see point guard Kylo Quinn at some point this year. <laughs> well, that w- it wouldn't be the Sixers without placing a center in a point guard's role. <laughs> touche, touche. What is life? Life is about compromise and realizing you can't always get what you want. Now you can always get what you want without compromise with the new Quattro Pizza from Little Caesars. With two slices each of cheese, pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, and sausage and bruschetta, it's four tasty pizzas in one, all for just seven bucks. Take that compromise. How's it feel to get literally everything you want in one large Quattro Pizza, hot and ready every day from four to eight at Little Caesars? Hmm? Pizza, 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 pizza. Participating locations for a limited time plus tax. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, so, uh, I have one. Okay. I don't know if it's trolling. It might be. <laughs> I'm very, very intrigued to see if Terry Rozier hits 40% of, the, of his shots this year. I was about to say, do you want to go rapid fire through a few of them? To oh, wrap yeah, yeah. Up? Then and, let's go rapid. And, that's one of them. I, and that's I, a perfect I actually have a beer fire. on this. That, this, this is like a bet. I have a, I have a beer on it. I'm saying no. <laughs> I'm saying Does that no. mean I have to say yes? Because I don't want to. No, I mean no, no. This is a bet with someone else, but you oh, can okay. go in on it. Like you, you can go. You can even say, you know what? I'm throwing my cap, my cap into this one, and to go under 35 because you Oof. know what? That's in play. That's that, in play. You know what? I'll, screw it. I'll go over 40. Why not? I oh, believe. Man. I believe Terry. 40.2 percent Terry Rozier. <laughs> on high volume, no less. Oh, yep. of course. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, least yeah. 20 shots a game. <laughs> okay, and I'm all in on Michael Porter Jr. Yep. Um, I know that he may not actually play as much as we initially thought. Like it is going to be like an adjustment period because he yeah. just missed basically the two two full years of basketball. <laughs> right. But his ability to make shots, his ability to move off the dribble at you know six ten, six eleven, it's it's too intriguing to not. <sighs> To not at least have an eye up open for like he, I, I don't want to utter the words he's too good to fail because mm-hmm. you know injuries can happen. But in, if you disregard injuries and you look at his floor game and you look at just the physical advantages and his athleticism, shooting ability, like there is something there. Like I think his floor, pending health, is going to be pretty high. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if if not, Jeremy Grant, who's been excellent for them yeah. in the preseason, really. 
you could not conjure up a more perfect fit given the talent available this summer than Jeremy Grant going to the Nuggets. It'll be really fun to see right. how he fits and you know just the Nuggets in general. Like Jokic being the best big man passer ever. Jamal Murray, can he become more consistent? Gary Harris, can he put last year behind him and go back to the form that made him, you know, he and Jamal Murray were like the best young backcourt in the league heading into last year. Then yeah. Harris had that injury and then, you know, lost a little bit of the luster. But like there's a reason they gave him $80 million a, a year or two ago. Like he's really good. Um, yeah, that that's a very good one. We, uh, we really suck at rapid fire. <laughs> Those are rapid, you know, quick. For us. Hit, quick hitters <laughs> on all of the Nuggets. Uh, Spurs, I'm excited for their backcourt. DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker. Going to be a lot of fun. I know I've seen some people skeptical about their playoff chances. It's the Spurs. They're going to win 45-plus games. They're going to make the playoffs. That young backcourt's a big reason why. I'm all in on Jamal Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes. And I think we have not talked enough about how Jonas Valanciunas fits into that, that roster. I think like he's just been kind of the forgotten man. And people will be sorry to have forgotten about him. Very fair. I'm excited for Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell together. Seeing whether Donovan Mitchell can get some of that two-way luster back after he's had to focus on offense so much for the past year or two. And just having a secondary creator for that Jazz offense will be huge for them. They'll actually be able to maybe hit some three-pointers in a playoff series. I'm excited for Jimmy Butler having the green light to do whatever the hell he wants for a full (laughs) season without any competition for his minutes whatsoever. You're off Waiters Island? Have I ever been on it? (laughs) Great start to the season from Dion. Very love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> um, the Kings. I'm excited to see Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox, if they can live up to what they did last year or build upon it. And Marvin Bagley entering year two. Like The Kings are also not getting much playoff buzz, but they're right in that next tier of if something bad happens, they could bump up into that seven or eight mix. I'm excited that right after the fight between Russell Westbrook and James Harden, like teammate fights, the the you know the league pass will go over to the Knicks. Well, you yes. watch five Knicks players fight amongst each other as well. Like it'll be right. the first ever double header of teammates fighting uh, in between. Yes. Um, on on the same night. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I <laughs> can they find enough minutes? Early returns say no because they're already grumbling about their roles. Great, great start before the, the regular season because right. that's how they roll. Right? Who could have seen that coming? I very hard to predict for the Bulls or for the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I got bad management confused. Very easy to do these days. Yeah, no, that that one's fair. That yeah. one's fair. I'm excited to see if Devin Booker how he reacts to double teams during the regular season. I know he. <laughs> Did not have much practice against them this offseason. No. But uh, I'm excited to see if the Suns can take a step forward. They've been so bad for so long. Does Ricky Rubio give them the boost they need? What's DeAndre Ayton look like in year two? Is Dario Saric a little less sad than he was last year? I'm like morbidly intrigued to watch the Suns this year. I'm excited to see where Aaron Gordon gets traded to. Yes! <laughs> and to see if Markel Fultz... What's over under on Markel Fultz three-pointers this year? Made three-pointers. Made three pointers over under. I'm gonna be optimistic, man. I'm gonna say 25. 
Oh, okay. I, I was going to follow up. Who has more made threes, Markel Fultz or Ben Simmons? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he he's made one in preseason, right? Yeah. But, I mean, he's going to shoot it this year. Yeah. In theory. You know what? You know what? I, I want Ben to get that shot just so people shut up. <laughs> Me too. So I'm going to say over for Ben. Yes. You know what? I'm actually going to be really optimistic now. Ben Simmons is going to hit 53s this year. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I said 10 at the setback season preview. So you well, I'm going to go 50. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I want him to actually do this so he can just shut up everyone. I want oh, this. Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for the Celtics defense to be a tire fire. That's going to be fun to watch, at least for people who do DFS every night play people against the celtics but i am excited to see you know i saw an article that was like the decobification of jason tatum <laughs> i'm excited to see if he uh decides that iso mid-range pull-ups aren't always the best option and he you know he gets back to building on what he showed as a rookie because he looked like a future all-star and then last year was just kind of weird yeah I want the best for Tatum too, so that probably means you know everything that was said about Zach Levine over the past couple of weeks about the mid range shot mm-hmm. could also be applied to Jason Tatum <laughs> at least for last so. season. Yeah, I am excited for uh, Christian Wood to actually. Uh. <laughs> I mean, look he, here. I've been on Christian Wood Island for a while now. Yep. He averaged thirteen and seven here in the preseason. I've been saying for a while now that he's going to be the second best forward. Uh, on the, the Pistons. Now, granted, that's not saying much because his competition is literally Markeith Morris, and that's it. Right. But at the same time, I mean, for a guy who came out of nowhere in that sense, um, yeah. I, I think it's a realistic uh, realistic scenario. That is, that is very fair. Uh, I'm excited to see these new-look Pacers, how they fit together. Brogdon and Oladipo in particular once the latter yes. returns. TJ Warren has been shooting well in the preseason. How he fits into this mix you know i know he he did an interview with sham Sharadia the other day where he's like i don't want to prove phoenix wrong i just want to prove indiana right but like we all know yeah. you just want to you want to prove phoenix wrong so i'm excited i'm to see. okay with that yeah i'm excited to see if he can do it i'm all in on shy jules alexander as yes. i've said repeatedly over the summer and i want him to just go bananas here in the second year and i think while chris paul may be a source of frustration um, in the locker room once in a while. I think ultimately, you know, Childress Alexander will benefit from his presence at least for one year. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to see if Kyrie can get the galaxy brain in check and actually have the season that I think he could. I've, I've mentioned it repeatedly this summer. I, I'm expecting big things from Kyrie this year. But if not... I want big things for Karis LeVert. I'm very excited to see if the Cleveland Cavaliers can limit teams to 140 points. <laughs> I was about to say, I think we've hit every team except for the Cavaliers. So I'm <laughs> proud that you snuck them in there at the buzzer. Of course. I had to. I mean, we haven't even touched on the Bucks. Oh, that, oh, okay. Well, that's a perfect place to end. I mean, that's just Giannis, right? Yeah. yeah. No, wait. Actually, no. No. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm I'm going I'm going to talk a little bit about Chris Middleton. 
Oh, I, okay. I think Middleton is going to take a step up this year. Like, he was an all-star last year, mm-hmm. but the year before he had, like, a, a better stat line, at least in terms of, of shooting and scoring sure. um, and efficiency. I think he puts it together this year. I, I think because the, 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 the Bucks are so inclined to, you know, spare minutes for their starters and whatnot, I think Giannis is more keen on doing, like, the playoff stuff. I could see Middleton actually take a statistical bump up to like 22, 6, and 5. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. And then I could see Giannis going for 30, 10, and 15, which I'm excited. Or 30, 15, 30, and 5. 10, and 15. Are you no, on the record, God. Brian. I, I, I just totally melted, man. <laughs> 30, 15, and 5. Don't drive 2,400 miles in two weeks. It does bad things to you. 30, 15, 5. Giannis, yeah. lock it in. I want to see. I want to see like seventy-five percent Giannis. If we got sixty percent last year, yeah, let's go seventy-five this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. But say something that for was the all future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this was all of them. I mean, we we did talk about Toronto. I guess. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I you hope started with Kaw has a good year. Yeah. Yeah, you started, you, and then you you slandered the uh, Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson doing your best Nick Nurse impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fire quote by the way i don't oh have it in God. front of me but like yeah. he was just yeah they need to get a lot better yeah. <laughs> that was... that's the luxuries of winning a championship you can open your mouth and you can say whatever the hell you want afterwards yeah so you could just eviscerate the guys you brought in this summer and yeah oh was, he did that was fantastic yeah so i hope this served as a reminder that as the regular season tips off tuesday there are literally things to look forward to for every single team, with the possible exception of the Caps and the Hornets. But 28 other teams, a lot to look forward to this year. It's going to be a fun year. Stick with us. We're going to be active throughout. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bios to so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, the next time we talk, we're going to have real basketball to analyze. Oh, my God. That's that's weird. I know. We, we survived yet another long off season. Yeah. Well, the craziest one in, in human history, though. Yeah. Yeah. Next summer. Next year is going to be rough. Yeah. Like it's it's gonna be like who's where's Kendrick Nunn going? Like, oh my god. <laughs> That's why I'm moving next summer. I was smart yeah. to time it this way. <laughs> All right, later, man. You too, man. How do we control money? Highlighters. Every Sunday we go over all our statements and we highlight the hot spots. And that's how we came up with intelligent text alerts that help watch over your money. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply.